Welcome to the Daily Dad Podcast. During the week, we bring you a daily meditation of the best parenting wisdom you can find, drawing on history and philosophy and psychology literature to inspire you to be a little bit better at the most important job you have. And then on the weekends, I have sort of a wrap-up conversation with my friend, fellow dad, and writing partner, Niels Parker. We just explore what's going on in our lives, what we're struggling with as parents, what we're doing well, what we want to do better, and what we've learned along the way, and what we've learned in the last week. So let's go. You can imagine, given what I do, even now as I'm reading this to you, I am staring at a screen. I spend so much time staring at screens, phone, iPad, TV, computer monitor. We know this isn't good for us, but thankfully there is a solution. Five years ago, Felix Gray realized that our eyes aren't meant to look at screens all day, and they designed glasses to make daily screen time more comfortable and the workday more productive. I just ordered an awesome pair. My wife ordered a pair as well. Felix Gray offers classic frame styles. They've got a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's nothing to lose but eye strain. Go to felixgrayglasses.com, use code DAILYDAD for the best blue light glasses on the market. That's felixgrayglasses.com, F-E-L-I-X-G-R-A-Y, glasses.com, DAILYDAD promo code, free shipping, free returns, free exchanges, felixgrayglasses.com slash daily dad. Hey, it's Ryan. Welcome to another episode of the Daily Dad podcast. Coming off a Father's Day-ish. Um, I thought I'd share something I'm sort of working on uh, with my oldest, who's you know, turning five later this fall. But, uh, you know, usually before we go to bed at night, sometimes my wife and I just sort of talk about you know, what we could do better, what we're struggling with, what we notice the other parent struggling with or working with. And uh, we'd been joking that my, my son is sort of pushing back on me that I, I tell him what to do too much. Um, not that I'm really the disciplinarian because it's preposterous. I'm, I'd say I'm more the fun one than, than my wife gets to be. Um, but, uh, you know, sometimes he goes, dad, why do you always tell us what to do? And I say, you know, it's my job to tell you what to do. And he, he replied uh, the other day, no, your job is to write books. Um, and uh, I said, look, I, I don't want to tell you what to do. I just have to tell you what to do to keep you safe, you know. But he's been, he's been pushing back on it, you know, sometimes. Uh, and it breaks your heart every time your kids do this. And I think they kind of they know that's why they're saying it. But, you know, like, I don't like you. You tell me what to do. Why do you tell us what to do all the time? Which, again, is preposterous. But look... <laughs> or respect his lived experience. Um, look, the, what, what my wife and I were talking about was that it can be really easy to slip into a place where your interactions are overwhelmingly sort of either prescriptive or, or worse than prescriptive, sort of authoritarian. Um, she's pointed this out to me, even in our relationship. She's like, you know, you talked to me like five times today, and they were all things you were asking of me, right? Is I have my mental to-do list and you can you can take the other person for granted. So you're not saying, hey, how are you doing? What do you need? You're saying, hey, can you remember to do X, Y, and Z? Or like, hey, where is that thing? You said you were going to do X, right? And, and unintentionally, the relationship can become not just unfun, but, but uh, 
the opposite of what you want it to be. So instead of a relationship based on affection, it becomes a relationship based on tasks. And I think with kids, especially, instead of this being a relationship of love and support, it becomes a relationship where you are telling them what to do all the time. And so my wife, I forget where she picked this up, but what we sort of talked about is like the place where you want to get is where uh, for every one interaction you have sort of telling them what to do or telling them what not what to do or having to talk sternly or strongly or, you know, don't hit your brother, you have nine positive interactions. And that seems easier than it is because, and this is the sort of caveat she was she was explaining, which is it can't be, oh, I just told you what to do. I was just stern. I just lost my temper. You know, I just said, stop doing that. Um, now I'm going to love bomb you with nine positive interactions. No, it's that you have nine positive interactions and then you're having to say, hey, remember, we're not going to do that. Or like, no, it's time to turn off the TV or um, whatever it ha No, eat your, eat your dinner, whatever, right? So what this means is you have to proactively through the day, make sure that you're having many, many positive interactions. I mean, ideally it's a uh, hundred to one or a thousand to one or whatever, right? Ideally it's more than just nine to one. The, 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 the ratio is less important as the, the lopsidedness of the ratio. And so this morning, you know, the second my son, you know, he'd gotten out of his bed in the middle of the night, came in our bed, <laughs> he sleeps later than we do. And, you know, he comes out of our room all sleepy eyed, sort of ready, you know, ready for the world. Um, and I, I, I had to stop and go, okay, what positive interactions am I going to have like from the jump today? What am I going to compliment him on? What am I going to ask if he wants? What am I going to do that's fun, pleasant? I, I don't want to get to a place where I'm not pleasant to be around. And like, I remember, I remember when I was like 10 or no, no, I would have been like 12 or 13, maybe 14. My mom had always worked uh, full time, like since I was a kid, she'd worked a lot. And she came home one day and uh, she was like, hey, I'm uh, exciting news. I'm going to be working part time. I'm going to be around a lot more. And like part of this was teenager, you know, and, and teenagers never seem to get along with their parents. But it was also, I think, illustrative of our relationship at that time, which is like my immediate reaction was like, "Ugh, I don't want this. You're not doing me a favor. Got a quick message from one of our sponsors, and then we'll get right back to the show. Stay tuned. As I've said, I think it's super important to introduce your kids to reading as early as possible in their lives to help them fall in love with books. We're trying to raise readers, as we've said. Well, Readio has a virtual storytime platform called Book Chat. Book Chat lets you read your favorite award-winning books over video chat with your loved ones, no matter how far apart you are. It's perfect during the pandemic, perfect if you've got uh, grandparents on the opposite coast. The Radio Library includes hundreds of books from publishers like Chronicle and Simon and & Schuster. It's got stories in English, Spanish, and French. All of this can be yours for just 10 bucks a month. Up to four family members can be on the same book chat simultaneously, letting you share a story with everyone you want. And you can use book chat anywhere on your PC, laptop, tablet, phone. You can try Radio out for yourself with a 30-day trial here. 
using the code DAILY on Redeo.com. That's R-E-A-D-E-O.com to get 30 days of virtual story time for free. Again, use code DAILY on Redeo.com. Because like the more my mom was around, the more someone was telling me what to do, right? It wasn't like, oh, this is a person I enjoy spending lots of time with because that's not the relationship that we had. And so obviously, you know, now that I'm an adult, I I sort of cringe at how sort of for granted I took what was a, you know, a a meaningful gesture, what came from a place of love, what obviously was probably difficult or scary to do as a person, a career woman who'd worked her way up to a certain, you know, position in her job. But this is what happens, right? You want a certain relationship with your kid, with your spouse, with your employees. But there's an entitlement to it too. You haven't actually put in the work, you haven't laid the groundwork, you haven't created the affinity or connection that would allow you to get what you want, which is not to be around more, but to be wanted to be around more. And so I'm I'm talking about this early. I'm not sharing that I've magically done it, but I'm saying this is, and I'm part of the reason I'm recording this is kind of as a goal. My goal is to, is to work on this one ten ratio, this nine, one ratio of nine positive, loving, some supportive, fun interactions for everyone having to be the, uh, uh, rule enforcer, boundary enforcer, uh, uh, you know, tell them what to do parents. And it's not because I don't um, want rule. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to get there by, I think this is an important part. You don't get there by winnowing down the number of rules that you have. Although if you have superfluous rules, if you're overly strict, if you nag all the time, of course, that's probably part of the problem. But I don't think you get there by being more lax. You get there by being more positive, right? This is something I found as a marketer, people would be like, my Google results are bad. Can you magically fix them? And it's like, no, but we could create more positive Google results that, you know, create a more uh, positive ratio. So the idea here is creating a more positive ratio for every uh, negative, seemingly negative interaction. Let's make sure you have a, a lot, a lot more positive ones. And, you know, I'm starting this both early and relatively late with my five-year-old, but it's something I want to work on now that my youngest is is firmly in the terrible twos. You know, you just don't want to get to a place where you're not fun and you're not fun because you've taken it upon yourself to only do the unfun things and you're not you're not balancing it out with with the the other parts. You're taking that for granted. So That's my thing now. I'd be curious if anyone has advice or thoughts uh, or or, uh, secrets to this, Um, something I'm going to do a bit more reading about as well. But we have a set of emails with this theme with the idea of a crowded table. At the end of your life, when you're older, you're going to want kids who want to be around you. You're going to want kids who come home for Thanksgiving, who want to spend Christmas at home, who want to go on vacation with their parents, who want to do things together. And this is a result not of, you know, just sort of biological obligation. Like your kids, especially, you know, our, our generation compared to our parents' generation, 
as more freedom, more choice, you know, sort of fewer traditions to root them in those things. So it becomes voluntary. And you're going to want that when you grow up, but you're only going to have it if you invest in it now, if you do the work now, if you create a relationship based on, you know, shared interests and connection, but overall, you know, a sense that you're pleasant to be around, that you're not, you're not a wet blanket, that you're not the person that comes in and bosses them around, that prevents them from doing things. Um, is that a part of parenting? Yes, of course. You know, hey, sorry, you can't climb up on the roof. Um, but, you know, the way to take the sting out of the occasional sort of, uh, uh, you know, bumpers that you have to put up is, is, is with a lot more positive interaction. So I'm going to work on being more positive, something I'm thinking a lot about. I think it's something you should be thinking about. And uh, we'll talk again next week. Hey, thanks for listening to the Daily Dad podcast. You can get this via email every day as well at dailydad.com. Please leave us a review in iTunes. Most importantly, if you know any dads or parents who would benefit from these messages, please spread the word. Thanks.